Today we are talking about our biggest takeaways from Borkon. So we just finished an amazing event about a week ago and it was incredible. We had some amazing speakers. We had our portfolio pros who are generous giving members in our community who are rock stars in their real estate investing journeys. Hey there, we're here to put you on the path to a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio. I'm Palak. And this is Nidhi. Thanks for joining us. Great to have you here. We had people traveling from all over the country. And we had a few people actually even coming in from internationally, yeah, right? Yeah, we had, we had people from South Africa. Our team members from Germany. Yes. And we had some amazing speakers. David Green was doing the keynote speech. So David Green, if you don't know him, he's the Bigger Pockets podcast show host. Yeah. He was there. He gave an amazing keynote speech. Sharan Srivatsa, who's an amazing thought leader, he was there to share his outlook on the industry and yeah. where we are headed in real estate next year. So it was great. And so we figured it would be nice to share. Yeah. Our the five biggest takeaways. So we did a survey after the event and everyone filled out a survey and we found that there were five key takeaways that were recurring throughout the surveys. And we wanted to share those with you. It gives you highlights, a glimpse into the event. It gives you kind of like a snapshot into what the biggest key takeaways were for people from all of these amazing minds that came together to talk about real estate investing, financial freedom, and there were so many good takeaways that we had to really parse out because we could have shared a lot more. We was like, all right, we'll try and keep it to five. Yeah. So here it goes. So the first one yeah. that uh, really resonated with people was never depend on a single income, right? Always have multiple streams of income. And we saw that when we were in corporate, when Palak and I were in corporate and we had a W-2 job and we had kids and yeah. we realized when you have just one source of income, it's hard to say, hey, I'm going to take off from work or yeah. I'm going to quit my job to be with my kids or do the things that we want to do. And when our kids are small, we wanted to spend more time with them, right? And Palak was like, I, I want to quit my job. And thankfully, we had three rentals by that time. We had three long-term rentals. And that really allowed Palak to at least quit her job. job. Some income, yeah. Right. And so... Whether you plan to quit your job or not, it doesn't matter. The right. whole idea is optionality. If you have a second stream of income, if you have a few rentals that gives you the option at some point to say, hey, I'm going to quit my job or I'm going to take a few months off, a couple of few years off, and then go do whatever you want to do in life, yeah, right? Absolutely. It gives you the option to spend time with family. You can travel, do whatever you want to do. But having a second source of income really helps. And one formula and this question always comes up is like okay how do we start investing because when we were in corporate we were barely left with any money to invest and so this is one formula that you can use it's an investment formula it's a seven to one it's called a seven to one formula that we used right and and it's after from every ten dollars that you make make sure that you're putting seven to and $1 aside for different things. And this is just a starting point, right? So $7 for your expenses. In business, you would call them operations, right? For $7 you use for your expenses. $2 for investing. And a dollar for your reserves. So if you think about it from 100%, 70, 20, 10%. If you think about every $10, 7 to 1. Be sure 
to get there if you're not already there and then make it better. Can you reduce your expenses to get to a 631 instead of a 721, right? Where you're investing $3 out of every $10 you're making. Can you reduce your expenses? Can you increase your income? What can you do to get there? Yeah, and the biggest mindset shift that we had when we just started investing was every time we would get our salary or, or get uh, some money, we would initially, we were just like spending it, right? Yeah, we were, were like spending. buying stuff because we live in a consumerist society where it's just, you know, you spend money before you even have it, right? You can put stuff on credit cards. And so the biggest shift we had to make was we first invested yes. with the money that we got. So whether it was tax returns, whether it was a bonus check that we got for work, any money that we got from anywhere, we were first like, all right, let's buy a property with this. Let's buy an asset. And then whatever money you left over, we could spend that however we wanted, right? So that was the biggest mindset shift that we made was invest first and then spend. So if you follow the seven to one formula of 70% of your income can go towards your expenses, your housing, your groceries and everything. And your needs and your wants, right? Right. Like everything can come from that. Right. But 20% of it, you want to be able to invest. And another tip here that worked really well for us was we set up separate bank accounts, right? So if you have your income coming into your main bank account, set up two other yeah. bank accounts, one for investing and one for saving. Yeah. So 20% of everything you make needs to automatically go every month yeah. to this bank account that you don't see day to day, right? Because if you see money in your account, yeah. chances are you're going to spend it. So yeah. just, you know, and I would, I would spend, put, I would put it aside. And I would take it one step further, which is what Niti tells me. We have these combined bank accounts and we have these usernames and passwords. And he always tells me, he's like, can you just have this account in a different username? And I don't want to know the password to it because I don't want to know if there's any money in it or how much yeah. money there is in it. Because if I know that there's money, I'm going to think about yes. what I'm going to do with it. We actually have a login the password saved on the computer so he can go in it, but he doesn't want to know the password. Yeah, I, I don't log into that account, which is our investing and saving account because I'm like, I don't want to see money. I only want to invest anything that's yeah. there. Never ever think about spending that money because that's literally the only way to, to buy assets. And when we went to Chase to like, you know, some of our accounts are with Chase, highly recommended by the way, we love, we love Chase. So we went to Chase and we were like trying to organize all our accounts and everything. They were so surprised. They were like, you know, there are two accounts missing from this login. And we were like, no, 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 we don't want to see those in that login. We want, we want a different way. login. So that's a little hack that we use and it really works. It's out of sight, out of mind. And this time out of sight, out of mind works in your favor, actually. Right. So that was the first tip. Use the seven to one formula to invest first and then spend and build multiple streams of income. So that's tip number one. Tip number two is it's an important one in this economy with the high interest rates, right? And a big question that comes up is, wait, but when I buy a property now because of the high interest rates, my cash flow is going to be so much lower yeah. when I buy an investment property. So here's, here's a tip to follow. It's not about the cash flow in the short term. Yeah. It's not about the cash flow in the short term. It's about the forced equity and cash flow that you'll get in the long term. Yeah. Right. So 
if you're buying a property today and your cash flow is low, that's okay. Now, let me just clarify that. I'm not saying buy a property that is negative cash flowing. Never ever do that, yeah. right? Always buy properties that positively cash flow. So you want to do your numbers right. You want to make sure you're buying in neighborhoods where the cash flow works. But if the cash flow is low upfront, it's okay. It's all right. Because here's what's going to happen. Because especially if you're borrowing these properties, right, which is a strategy that we do all the time where you buy a distressed property, you rehab it to force the appreciation in the short term, you refinance it, and then you rent it out and then you refinance it, right? And what that does is it forces the appreciation in a short period of time, yeah. which is where, where the magic is. So that is really, really important. Make sure you're doing that. And number two, the other thing that's going to happen with cash flow in the long term is your rents are going to go up in the next three to five years, right? Rent is always going to go up in the next few years. And when the interest rates do come down in the next few years, you can always refinance at that lower interest rate. And the lower principal. And right. And your cash flow just goes up. Right. Right. So again, to reiterate, don't worry about the cash flow in the short term. It's about the forced appreciation that you can do through Burr. And it's about the long-term cash flow that you're going to get over the next few years. And, you know, the thing that we also talk about a lot in our community, we run a portfolio mastery community for investors who want to go grow their portfolio to a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio using the bar strategy. And they start with about 25 to 50K and then they grow it across a million within a couple of years. They reach financial freedom in three to five years. So that's what our community is all about. But one of the things that we talk about in our community a lot is also what cash flow does to you mindset wise. We track the key performance indicators of your journey towards financial freedom. And one of the things that I ask people to stop tracking after a certain point is, you know, make your key performance indicators, the total amount of assets that you own, the number of doors that you have, the number of free time that you're creating for yourself, right? Like those are your key performance indicators, but don't make cash flow as one of the top key performance indicators because it really puts investors in a very negative mindset because now what you're doing, if your cash flow is say two, 300 a month for a rental property, you're going to think about every $50 that you're saving, and every $20 that you're, I see investors start worrying about $20 here, $20 there because it impacts their cash flow. But cash flow is actually the smallest component of how much money they're actually making. And so doing that really shifts your focus from scaling and growing your portfolio and building that equity, which is in hundreds of thousands of dollars, and shifts your focus from that to $20, $50. And it's just not. Right. You're jumping. What do they say? You're jumping over the dollar to get to the nickel. That's what you're doing at that point. So we tell them if, if that's what it's doing to you, stop tracking your cash flow. Yes. Make sure it's positive. Track your equity, your assets, your doors. Leave the cash flow aside. Yes. And the cash flow will work itself out. Yes. Right. In the long term, you are going to do great on cash flow. It's just when you first buy the property, don't expect it to be amazing, right? That's the idea. So again, it's not about the cash flow in the short term. It's about the forced appreciation in the short term and the cash flow in the long term. The third tip is about billionaires, right? Billionaires are obsessed with buying and building or buying and holding. And this was the biggest one for me. This was, I love this one the most out of all the takeaways. 
the idea is simple, right? And we got this advice, thankfully, very early on in our investing journey, yeah. and we never deviated from it. And if you're listening to this, write it down. Make somewhere. sure you follow this one advice, yeah. which is buying and holding is the key to wealth, right? Don't peddle real estate. That's why we don't flip properties. That's why we don't do short-term wholesaling. Uh, and it's, it's about, okay if you're doing that, that's totally fine. And if you are doing that, it. if you are doing that as a way to create income, that's fine. Right. But you want to make sure you invest that money in long-term buy and right. holds. And understand that you're doing that for income. That yeah. does not build wealth. And that's okay. We need income, right? Like people need income while they're on their journey to financial freedom. We all need income. Yeah. So it's okay to flip, to wholesale, all of that income is important. But understand that, that you're doing that for income. Yes. Building wealth is by buying. What was it? Buying and building? Buying and building is a term that one of our speakers used and people loved it, right? Sharon kind of went over this. Yeah. But buy and build, buy and hold, call it what you will. But yeah. The idea is to buy an asset and hold on to it forever. Yeah. Because again, uh, you make wealth in real estate in four ways, right? Cash flow is just one of the components. It's the appreciation in the long term. Your property is going to go up in value, yeah. right? That's the other one. Another one, is your debt pay down. You're going to, every month you're paying down your debt and over a period of five to 10 plus years, that's when you really get to see how much equity you have in the property. And then the fourth way that you make money is through saving on taxes, right? We have to keep reminding ourselves this, even though we've really imbibed this one value of buying and holding and not peddling real estate in the and short term. And building, adding value and building on right. to it. Yeah. And we have to still keep reminding ourselves that this is important because every once in a while we're like, oh, you know what? This property has a lot of equity. What if we sell this? Yeah. And we always reinvest that money, yeah. right? Like we're not just selling it to do something else or buying something material. We're yeah. actually buying more assets with it. Redeploying, yeah. Uh, but every time we sell it, we're like, oh, you know what? We shouldn't have we sold it, it because the rents just went up and it was doing so amazing and that, and that area time. is coming out in a big way. Yeah. So it's something that we have to keep reminding ourselves. But again, buying and holding mm -hmm. is the way to go and not buying and selling. Niri mentioned a, a bunch of things you get by buy and hold assets and real estate investing. And one of the key elements of the bar strategy that we absolutely love is it allows you to not have to wait for the property to appreciate for a few years. It allows you to force the property to appreciate right away. And that's what building does to an asset. When you buy an asset and then you build on it, it adds value. And now this asset has, you forced it to appreciate so much. I loved that because it really validated why we were able to reach financial freedom so quickly and why people in our community are continuing to build millions of dollars in wealth on a daily basis. It's because of the buy and build uh, component that apparently billionaires are also doing. So that I love that. All right. Tip number four is investing is a team sport. Yes. And this was, if you were at the Burkhan event, you know, you saw this, or if you've been to a real estate conference, that's amazing. Or if you're part of a community, you'll see that this is so powerful. And one of the things that our mentor always told us when we were starting out was what we're doing by buying assets and doing the birth strategy and building wealth, it's not easy. It's not easy. Right? It's not easy. I and mean, there's so it. many, so many things yeah. that it's not just the skills you're acquiring. It's the mindset shifts. Yes. It's the risk taking, right? It's building a team and managing it, right? It's so many things that you're doing that are out of your comfort zone. Yeah. 
And you cannot do that just by yourself. You need a community to be a part of. And one of the quotes that our mentor still says is there is no transformation in isolation, right? Because what you're doing, if you're investing in real estate, especially if you're building a business in real estate and buying assets, it's really difficult to do that all by yourself. You want to be a part of a community where other people are doing the same thing, where they have the same goals, where you can talk about these things. It's very difficult to talk about these things with your friends and family because they're not going to be interested in it beyond a point. Yeah. In fact, you may even be judged for doing what We're you're doing. Money, yeah. You know, and so being a part of a community. When you think of what it does to your trajectory, how quickly it makes you reach financial freedom or reach your goals, it's pretty incredible. And if you try to figure it all out on your own and learn from your mistakes, you would make the same mistakes other people have had to make already. Why do that when you can be a part of a community and talk to each other about it? Sometimes as the road gets harder, as the journey gets tough, and in any business in life, it does. We went to college for four Actually, we both went to college for six years. You went to college for even longer than me, like we master's degrees. In six years did not get us financial freedom. It got us to a point where we were able to get a job. Now you're saying that you want to do something on the side for three to five years, the amount of years that it took for you to go to college, and then you will have we, we have the ability to stop working it's not meant to be easy, yeah. right? It is hard. So when you go through that process and you hit a roadblock, when you hit something where you need help from other people, that's when a community comes in. That's when you feel validated when somebody says that, hey, I have done this before. This happened to me and it's okay. It's going to work out. You're going to be fine. And sometimes you just need to hear that from someone like, hey, I live to tell the story. Tip number four is investing is a team sport and there is no transformation in isolation. Be a part of community. And by the way, we love our community and it's amazing. Yeah, come join us. Uh, come join us if you're interested. And then the final tip from Burkhan, which people really, really liked, was investors understand unlimited ROI, right? And this kind of goes back to what we were talking about building our skills. I changed my favorite Okay. To this one. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is pretty. Yeah, it is pretty good. One. So, uh, because let me kind of explain that a little bit more. So, yes, deals have ROI, right? Yeah. Deals, but any deal that you invested in a property that you invest in will have a certain ROI. Some properties have amazing ROI. Some are decent. Some not so much, right? Like it's it's it can be a mixed bag. But there is one thing that has unlimited ROI, which is your skills, mm-hmm. right? And so, as Warren Buffett says, the most in important investment that you can make is in yourself, right? Because uh, think about it this way. The skills that you're building to invest in real estate the right way, and by the way, you should always make sure you're investing in real estate the right way. You need to develop those skills because it's a lot riskier uh, if you don't know what you're doing, right? Risk is all about the way you reduce risk is by really getting good at something and knowing what you're doing and the way you can get good at it is by learning it the right way from the right people and then implementing it and getting the support that you need. And get truly educated. Yeah. I, I think there is a difference between just 
getting tips from here and there and listening to podcasts or reading books, but it's a whole different thing to like really focus and get. Yeah. And there's no point that you'll get to where you're like, Oh, I'm done with all the learning and I'm good to go now. It never, it should. And if that happens, that means your growth will start at that point. Right. So we are always going to conferences. We're always learning new skills. We're always finding people that can teach us something. So never stop that learning process because that's where the true unlimited ROI is. And once you have those skills in your brain and once you have that in your head, nobody can take that away from you, yeah. right? And, so. And you said something at Borkan that I even called my mom and told her about it because I thought it was so incredible and I think a lot of people resonated with it. And Niti said, it's not even about the assets. It's not even about the wealth. It's sure it's about the wealth, but it's not even about that because say someday, something happens and we don't have any of this, what we have learned through this and what we can pass on to our kids, the cycle that we've broken of building generational wealth, no one can take that away from us, right? That's what it's all about. And I, I love that you said that. Yeah, and and can I give like one bonus tip and I'm going to go over like the five tips again, but I'm going to give <laughs> one way, bonus tip. Guys, before we started, I was telling him, I'm like, you're not allowed to give a bonus tip <laughs> because they always have the bonus tip. I don't know, like it's, you know, it's, it's, it is, uh, I want, I want to make sure this helps. Tip. And I think uh, this, this really helps me. So whenever I think of how tough the journey is for investing or how, like if you're, no matter where you are in your investing phase, if you're just getting started or if you have five properties and you're trying to scale, or if you have 10 properties you're trying to scale, it doesn't matter where you are. One thing that really helps me when I get stuck or when I'm feeling fearful is thinking about my why and the kids. And what we're doing, by the way, is we involve our kids. Uh, we bring them with us on the investing journey. Right. We were, they were there. They go to conferences with us. Yep. They go to, we, we held, we held Burkhan last week. They were there with us the entire time. And they may not be listening 100% of the time, but the 5% of the times that they are listening, they're absorbing all that, not because we are telling them something, but because we are showing them something. Okay. They, kids learn. Us. Kids learn best when they just are around you and they're looking at what you're doing. And we're always talking about investing and wealth and how we can help people. And they're imbibing that. And that's something that is more valuable to me than wealth. And when you are committed to the real estate investing journey, that is going to be the funnest part of it. Is like getting your kids into it. So anyway. We were working on the deck. For the conference, we, we had it open. We were kind of going through it. We were kind of like, okay, this is going to happen. You know, just we wanted everything to flow really, really well. So we were going through it and our daughter was around when we were going through it and she didn't want to go to bed. And she's like, oh, this is way too much fun. Can I hang out for a bit longer? So she hung out with us for a bit longer and she was part of the conversation where we were talking about, we were actually talking about the seven to one formula when she was around. And she said, I want to make a slide. So she made her own slide and she said something like, I mean, she's, she's nine, right? So she's thinking about it from a nine-year-old's perspective. And she said, don't something like, don't waste your money and make sure you're saving it and make sure you're investing it because money is like a seed and investing it will be like sowing the seed and eating the fruits later or something like that. She kind of, yeah. Put and then she put like life. a tree and apple, and the apple apples all over and all that. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. made a slide and it's, it's amazing that we're passing this on to her without us even knowing that we're doing that, right? Like we, it's just by osmosis. 
kids are just around and they they hear it. We, we don't want to force the kids into this because we want it to be a positive experience. And so noticing these little things really makes me happy that, okay, they're going to slowly come into it on their own. Uh, just so you know, we talked about our community. Let me just tell you where to go if you would like to join us openspaceswomen.com forward slash book a call to book a call with us, apply and see if you're the right fit. We have a pretty incredible community that it's a very generous community and it's filled with rock stars. So yes. come join us. All right, so I'll give you the yeah. five tips again. Number one is never depend on a single income, always have multiple sources of income and you can use the seven to one formula, which is if you're spending 70% of your income, make sure you invest 20% of it and save 10% of it, right? So seven to one. The second tip was it's not about the cash flow in the short term when you're investing. It's about the forced appreciation that you can get through bar and the long-term cash flow, right? So it's not about the short-term cash flow. Number three, was billionaires are obsessed with buying and building or buying and holding wealth, right? As Warren Buffett says, our favorite holding period is forever, <laughs> right? So uh, again, buying and holding onto assets forever instead of buying and selling. Tip number four was investing is a team sport and there is no transformation in isolation. So make sure you're part of a community, you're part of something that helps motivates you, guides you, and grow with you. And the longer you're a part of something, the more you get out of it because now people know you, you know them. It really helps. Rami's a part of our community, but not only that, we actually have a method that we call the Rami, <laughs> Sarah and That's Rami right. method because they they came up with a concept on how to narrow down neighborhoods and everyone has loved it and they keep talking about it. So we're like, you know what? This is the Sarah and Rami finding a neighbor. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And then tip number five is investors understand unlimited ROI, right? It's not just about the deal. The deal can have a limited ROI, but the unlimited ROI is truly the skills that you develop. It's investing in yourself to build the skills that gives you the unlimited ROI. So those are the top five tips from Burkon. Tell us which one was your favorite. If one thing resonates with you the most, and by the way, we're also going to do a planning session in the next few days. Join us for that because this is the perfect time. This is end of the year. Try to figure out what your goals are for the next year. Whether you're investing or not investing or you want to invest, doesn't matter. This is the best time. Next two weeks are the best time that you'll ever get. And we do this at the end of every year. We sit together and we figure out what our goals are for the next year. And we ask ourselves, what do we ask ourselves? We say, hey, uh, I'll say, Pollock, you're <laughs> fired from Pollock 2023 and you're rehired for the position of Pollock 2024. And who do you want Pollock 2024 to be like? It just What it does, it, it really just gives you, sometimes we need somebody else to tell us that. It gives you that freedom to reinvent yourself. It gives you that ability to be like, you know what? I don't have to be who I was. I yeah. can be whoever I want to be. Which and, is pretty amazing. And, you know, I, I don't care if you're 20 years old or 60 years old or anywhere in between. You can always ask yourself, what do I want to be when I grow up? Yeah. Always be asking yourself that question because it's never too late to do something different. All right, you guys, we could probably talk about this forever, but we're going to let you go and let us know your biggest takeaways. We'll see you next time. Thanks Take care, guys. Thank Bye you now. so much. Bye.
Don't forget, when you're ready to get serious, you can join us at theinvestoraccelerator.com. It's like getting a thousand episodes worth of information in five days, and it's everything you need to build your actionable plan to financial freedom and making work optional.